people binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again at night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch season four and five. All episodes are consumed. Eventually. <laughs> Welcome, Nerdy Knights, to the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm that lady of that thirsty lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Colleen of Clan Macmillan is back on Scottish shores. Alas, not for long. And bonjour. It's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel, no longer in Paris, but still French regardless. And welcome to our slumber party. <laughs> Woo! Jammy jams time. Yeah, we are just relaxing, getting ready for the holidays and cozy and comfy together yet apart and safe. So make sure that you're staying safe this holiday season too. So the BGS ladies, through many very thirsty discussions, decided to begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical world of Diana Gabaldon's Outlander, a star's show adapted from her novels. Be warned. We will be talking heavily about mature content, as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. So make sure the barons are out of earshot. Mine is sleeping upstairs right now. And with that, Je suis prêt for a recap of episodes 8 through 13 of season 2. Two. We begin the second half of season 2 in Scotland, regardless of how you say the number 2, where we find Jamie compelled to support the Jacobite Rebellion after the Bonnie Prince trial forges his signature on a treasonous document. This guy, I'm telling you what, am I right? Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. Claire... Claire and Jamie travel to Jamie's father, Lord Lovett's castle, seeking his help for the upcoming war. There, they're reunited with Colum, who does not support another rebellion, and Leary. Leary apologizes to Claire for the pain she caused, which we do not accept, and which Claire does not accept. Later, Leary agrees to help Claire and Jamie convince Lovett to send men and weapons to, to fight for Prince Charles by persuading his grandson, Simon, who is infatuated with Leary to stand up to love it. Being a sneaky devil and playing both sides, Lovett agrees to neutrality with Colum, but also gives Jamie troops to uh, fight in the rebellion that his grandson will lead to offer cover. Yo, can we just talk about Leary really fast? Of course we can talk about Leary, and we can go as slow as you want, <laughs> baby girl. We can go as slow as you want. So Leary. I just rewatched, I rewatched this episode last night in preparation for this pod. And the second I saw Leary pop up on my screen, I wanted to kill her, first of all. And then second of all, there's, and this is a spoiler if you have not watched later seasons, but when Jamie is like, how could you forgive her? Like, you're, you know, you're forgiving her, but like, I'm certainly not forgiving her. And then, bitch, you're going to go marry her? Don't even with me, homie James Frazier. No. Also, like, Leary didn't do anything. She like showed this guy her boobs for like one second. And then she's like, I did everything I could. She's useless. I told you this wasn't about sex. And she's like, she really did. She's like, well, I listened to his dumb poem for like a minute and then I showed him my boobs. So I'm done. Forgiven. Yay. Yep. Yep. At least the marriage thing is about Jamie's saving people thing and not about Leary herself. Otherwise, then it'd be even more. 
I guess, but still, I, I already preemptively do not forgive him for that, which I refuse to internalize. (laughs) For real though. Yeah. You're just going to be like, no. (laughs) Also this episode, I think the biggest shock is just seeing um, Claire back in non-Parisian clothing. Yes. (laughs) A big shock to the system. Yeah. You look really different. (laughs) Like, yes, where'd your boobs stunning, go? But yeah, where's everything? <laughs> yeah, but anyways, it's it's a good good start to the second half of the season, for sure. Colleen, tell us what happens next, our love. The troops are cotters, which are going to be like the lowest level of the Scottish mm-hmm. clan system, so they have no training, like Angus and his buddies, just nothing. When Claire and Jamie are reunited with Murtaugh, Fergus, Angus, Rupert, and Dougal. Stop, Dougal. The training Dougal. begins. This gives Claire PTSD flashbacks from her time as a nurse in World War II. And Dougal once again asks Claire to marry him if Jamie does not survive. This guy. Dougal, such a cool guy. The kind of guy you want on your team. Yeah, the the kind of guy who you always... The kind of guy you always want in your corner. Just totally there to back you up no matter what. Definitely not there to steal your wifey. Not at all. Never. Not even a little bit. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Dougal is here. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, I, I loved this part on the rewatch for sure. After Claire convinces a young English scout that snuck into camp, what's up, John William Gray? To reveal information about the location of the British forces, Jamie and some Highlanders raid the camp and sabotage the British cannons. Smart <laughs> move. With all of those little jangly. It's like, look, Claire, awesome. look what I got. So then Jamie's men are reunited with Charles, or united with Charles, I guess they had never met him, obviously, who privately commands that the British injured get tended before the Jacobite injured. That was messed up. Not good. That's a tough look. Not Not good. Not in front of the men who have shown up for you. Seriously, it's like, okay, you can be like, hush, hush about it, bro. Be cool. He's super sus. What's up with that? Like, Bonnie Prince Charles does not have two brain cells to rub together. So then, obviously, tensions begin running high, and a Highlander arrives at camp and tells them of a secret passage that will help them take the British unawares. That guy came in clutch. Claire prepares a field hospital to tend to the wounded in battle, including the British, because, like, well, A, she has to, just because she has to. And B, I mean, Bonnie's She's Claire, like, oh, so she has to. to. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just do no harm. She'll help right. whoever she has to help. So the first battle takes place at Preston Pans, and Fog and the Element of Surprise help the Highlanders win. Woohoo! But it's short-lived, woohoos, because sadly Angus is mortally wounded and dies of his injuries, which was really, really sad. And since Claire was right about this battle, she and Jamie worry about the known outcome of the upcoming Battle of Culloden. And there was a really interesting bit in the episode eight, the one that we just covered, um, where Jamie was like, well, so have you decided that we're not going to change the future anymore? And that was such like interesting commentary from inside the show because Claire's like, well, wouldn't you like stop trying after Paris? Like, why don't we just leave? And she's like, so being the audience in that moment, because we're like, freaking leave, just get out. Just go. And then he's like, well, yeah, but like we have to try. So, yep. Because yep. he's like, well, my family, you know, whatever. I get it. Like, stupid, noble Jamie, I love you. But 
yeah, it's not going to be good. Speaking of the opposite of trying to try, some time passes and Charles's Scottish nobles start to doubt their own cause and their abilities to strike at the heart of London. Mm -hmm. They win the argument to return home for the winter, like right as they're really rocking it. So it's absolutely wild. At the camp, Claire continues to tend to the wounded. Dougal arrives with a message that Dreamy is to travel to Inverness to obtain provisions. With what money? With what money, people? With what money? Who knows? Good looks. Okay. On their way, the British attack and Rupert is shot in the eye. When their party is surrounded, Claire once again pretends to be a hostage so that Dougal can negotiate for their safety and their safe passage. Taken to ostensible safety with the British officers, Claire finds herself in the presence of the Duke of Sandringham yet again and his goddaughter, Mary Hawkins. The Duke says that he wants to be extracted from his British occupation when Jamie comes to rescue Claire. But when Claire meets with Danton, Sandringham's valet, she recognizes a birthmark on his hand as the man who raped Mary. Showing his duplicity, Sandringham tells Claire of his plot to lure Jamie to save Claire and turn them both over to the Redcoats. This episode is filled with a lot of this, guys. (laughs) Fortunately, Claire is able to get the word out and Jamie and Murtaugh slip into the castle unknown. Mary kills Danton and Murtaugh beheads Sandringham. Jamie, Claire, Mary, and Murtaugh leave the former Duke's estate and reunite with the army. Phew. (laughs) Yes, Mary finally grown some backbone. Get it, girl. Mary was amazing. And honestly, when Sandringham's head flew off, I was like, this is amazing. I hate this guy so much. Bye, bitch. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I, I legitimately had believed him when he said he wanted help getting extracted out. Like I was honestly surprised, but not surprised when he was a turncoat and planned to turn them both in. Did that surprise either one of you or did you see it coming? I feel like Sandringham has never been true to his word and he's just like always been a piece of shit. So I was just That's like, fair. can you just die? Because I cannot stand you. I mean, like- He's always concerned. <laughs> he almost caused Jamie's death and Claire's death like six separate times, bro. Like get out of here. Yeah. No. Yeah. He and has his goddaughter got thing. raped, like thanks. What yeah, and to keep the valet there, that is absolutely wild. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's POF, no. no. Nobody. Yeah, now good riddance, bad. buddy. When Mary, speaking of Mary, our girl, goes to reunite with Alex. She's going to go meet her Alex Rendell. Mm. She learns that Claire tried to keep them apart. So yeah. Mary confronts Claire. Good on her for confronting Claire. Look at this backbone. Look yes. at this backbone. Claire's like, dang it, I didn't mean for you to yell at me. <laughs> I mean, this just like made me feel really uncomfortable. Just like because girl drama is really uncomfortable and like, you know how you would feel if you were Claire? Because it's like, ooh, I got caught doing something, like, not great. And, like, now it's really hard to explain. And I feel really awkward. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Not when it's her true love. Like, oh, no. Ugh. Meanwhile, poor Jamie tries to convince the fighting Highlanders not to engage at, in battle at Culloden. Good try, Jamie. When Claire visits Alex to check in on his health, she discovers Mary is pregnant with Alex's child. Alex is feeling all right enough to have a baby. I mean, that's... Yeah, get it on. on. I mean, you don't know. He probably, like, coughed all over her. He's probably like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, Mary. <laughs> Freaking well, Mary, Mary had to be on top, man. Otherwise, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Alex could have handled it. <laughs> yeah, no, Mary, Mary, a pro cowgirl. 
Mm-hmm. She's handled hot right it on. sublimely. Like, well, you can't do it. I can. So she's a champ. <laughs> Get it, Mary. Get it, Alex. Claire agrees to help Alex if Randall gives her intel on the British Army, and Alex and Claire convince Randall Blackjack Randall to marry Mary. Was wow. Alex's dying wish. Mm. Elsewhere, a dying column asks Claire to help him die a painless death mm. and confides in her that Galus's child is alive. Mm. Dun, dun, it turns dun. out that Galus wasn't burned after her baby was born. I would hate waiting for that. That would be right. awful. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can just see her two getting marched to the stake and be like, oh, I'm pregnant. You can't burn me. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, I will escape later. Totally. Which she totally does. And the baby was adopted into the Mackenzie clan. That's kind of cool. Like, yay. At least the baby is probably going to be fine. Right. Jamie tries to help the Highlander cause and avoid the Battle of Culloden altogether by striking preemptively against the British during the celebration of the Duke of Cumberland's birthday. Unfortunately, Marcus, the prince gets lost. (laughs) Dashing those plans. Thanks. He gets lost. He's like freaking Italian and French mostly. He's not English or Scottish. This homie, he would, he could not find his way out of a paper bag. I cannot with this man. No. He'd only mm-hmm. be okay, like, if a carriage was dragging him around a city. So, of yeah. course, he's going to get freaking lost. We also know that Claire knows that the day Blackjack Randall dies in battle is that one. So, we have that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Along with so many other deaths. Huzzah! That's true. <laughs> okay, so the final episode was really different. It, like was a marked shift from the rest of the season. So for that episode, we're actually blasted back and forth between the present and the past, getting ever closer to the battle, which was like really intense anticipation because like we know what's going to happen-ish. And like to just creep like that, it was not what I was expecting. So my anxiety was like... So we started actually in 1968 at Reverend Wakefield's funeral in Inverness. And there, Claire is reunited with a now-grown Roger. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's looking all right there. I don't know. He's okay. Whatever. He's cute, but he's no Jamie. (laughs) No one's Jamie. No one's Jamie. Um, And so Roger is Wakefield's adopted son, who we met in season one as like a little teeny tiny boy. And so, so cute. So we also meet Claire's daughter, Brianna. So then we're blasted back to the past and Jamie is trying one desperate time to prevent the Battle of Culloden by talking to Prince Charles. Obviously those efforts fail. And in the present day, Brianna and Roger grow closer, touring the countryside, you know, as one does. While Claire once again tries to find out any information she can about Jamie Fraser through old documents. This is like totally that TLC show, Who Do You Think You Are, where they like go through Ancestry.com. Yes, <laughs> yes. I love that show. So I love this part. Is Ancestry.com. Later, Brianna meets Jillian Edgards, right? She, hmm. Right? Well, she looks a very familiar because it's Gayla's Duncan. Bum, bum, bum. This That's was crazy. <laughs> This honestly, like my jaw dropped. Like we knew that Galus was from the fu- the future, present, whatever, but still to see her, yeah, alive and well. Yeah, it was that was wild. And she's performing duties as a Scottish independence activist. Then back in the past, again, we keep going back and forth. 
Jamie and Dougal fight, and Dougal is ultimately killed, which honestly, good riddance, my dude. Like, you were a dick. So, bye. In the future, Brianna gets closer to the truth about her mother and her true father, but refuses to believe that Claire time travel until she sees Galus go through the stone, which they try to prevent. And that's because Galus, like, killed her husband to go through Yes! (laughs) She is so committed to the cause and also maybe just also wanted to kill her husband. It's Galus is um, an interesting character, indeed. Just don't marry her. Yeah. She's really rough. And she gets even rougher in season three, honestly. But also, like, this whole part, I was like, really sympathetic to Brianna like poor Brianna has been lied to her whole life and now her mom's like I'm a time traveler wouldn't you be like like, mom what are you smoking like yeah get concerned I don't feel bad for Brianna very often after this so really enjoy this moment where I feel bad for Brianna (laughs) so then back in the past and before the battle Jamie persuades Claire to take their unborn baby and herself back to the 1960s and Claire agrees this was heart-wrenching so sad so sad and then season two closes out back in 1968 with Claire preparing herself to go back through the stones after Roger confides that Jamie is still alive good job that gave me a lot of to say that very often either (laughs) yeah this is this is Roger's big moment next season we are all out on Roger Roger, well, I guess go die. Oh no, I'm so nervous. Fine. <laughs> He's fine. He's just not Jamie, <laughs> which is not a very fair scale. But like, no, come he, on, Roger. He, wait, hold on, Tio. He is more than just not Jamie, and we're gonna talk more about this next season for sure. But the yeah. scene where they're like at that Scottish gathering, and he is like almost slut shaming Brianna oh, yeah. for like yeah. no reason. I'm like, get out of here with that shit Roger all this to say this is the one time that Roger is like a cool dude and like actually very caring and lovely and so good job Roger on this one time what what is also cool about Roger is Roger and Brianna can hear the buzzing of the stones because Roger is Galus's descendant so like all of them except for Jamie can hear the buzzing of the stones which is really really cool so at this time and I'm trying to like think back where I was when I first watched this did you guys know that Roger and Brianna were going to go back through I Mm -hmm. still don't know that but now I do Sarah Sarah, do you think that right now it wasn't in the outline well I would say I would say because we see them hearing the buzzing it it primes the audience to expect it yeah okay can i ask like a really weird question that kind of goes back to season one i only want you to ask weird questions okay great that's the only kind i have good 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 okay so remember season one i think it's episode one we or we don't but um frank sees like a highlander shadow man like i was just gonna ask this yes yes go 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 so i've this has not been answered in the show and I have not read the books. Obviously Colleen has and Colleen has a very sneaky look on her face right now. I haven't now. read all of them. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to ask Sloan. Sloan has read all of them. Okay. Friend of the pod Sloan, if you could just comment in the comments that'd be really helpful to explain this to me. Jamie. I think it's Jamie. <laughs> okay, so obviously I do too. And I think we're primed to think that is Jamie, right? Because like Frank feels really weird about it. He's like obviously staring at Claire. But Jamie can't hear the buzzing. Hear the buzzing. 
Yes, right. Yeah. So right. you would have maybe been dragged through by somebody, but how? How could you be dragged through without being able to hear the buzzing? Where's guess, the precedent for that? I guess it would be like side along apparition from Harry Potter. <laughs> okay, but like would be my they, only guess, I guess. But if but they I could don't know. do that, first of all, a who would have done that? Because that happens before Claire goes through. So it probably was not Claire. And if that is possible, then why didn't Claire just drag him along out of Culloden? Right. Right, right. Well, I don't know if he would have gone. I feel like he would have gone. She thought it might kill the baby, too. She wasn't sure. Yeah, but I feel like he would have gone just to be with Brianna because he really loves Brianna. Yes. So I I feel like... very nervous that Claire dies before Jamie. Like, before Jamie back time so that he goes through with either Brianna or Roger or somebody else that can go through and sees her at that moment that would be my only guess but I don't know because the timelines and the stones seem to work strangely right because I mean if we can see Galus when she's alive after she's died we can well wait that I guess I don't know something that you two know but like my rationale is if you can see Galus even right. though Galus she's died, died. In the past. right right but we can still see her i would say that the same logic applies moving like way back to season one episode one of course you think that that's jamie but i'm not convinced that's jamie because he can't hear the buzzing yeah i don't know it's, it's I, i've yeah. always wondered that and that still has not been answered so i wanted to pose it now while we're yeah. talking about the buzzing Another thing that Sloan pointed out that she thought was amusing was that Jamie knows that Claire is pregnant before she is. And it's like, no, that's not going to happen. Well, well, hold on. Jamie keeps track of Claire's menstruation cycle. So he apparently knows when she's pregnant. Like, like the that one is... man in the world that does that. Yeah, <laughs> that is wild. I mean, the only... It's like, good job, Jamie. <laughs> the only explanation I would have for this... Well, first of all, I definitely knew that Claire was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant because she's like throwing up everywhere. And I'm like, this is very obvious, Claire. Okay. Come on, nurse. You're a nurse. Let's go. The only reason I could think of would be like, if Jamie doesn't want to knock her up right now because of her like recent loss, although I don't know what he would know about that. So if they were doing like the timing method or whatever. Right. Natural family planning. Hey, kids, wear condoms if you don't want to get pregnant. Why don't we move to things that we should also watch and listen for? Ooh, is that Brendan the Blackfish? woo Yes, it's another Tully from Game of Thrones. He joins Tobias Menzies in the cast, and they're both Tully's Edmure and Brendan the Blackfish Tully yep. on that show. Clive Russell is the actor. He plays the shrewd and calculating Lord Lovett. That guy was a dick, too. Yes. Wow. Mm. He's he's got some issues. Mm. I like yeah. couldn't even really follow all of the situations with his like marriages and him just like screwing people and all the bastards. He like more reminded me of like Walder Frey from Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And a total disregard for women. Oh, I, I mean when he is like beating his seer, it was just like, what is wrong with you? The one yeah. time I also think- Two times I feel bad for Leary is when he touched her. And yeah. I was like, don't touch Leary. We hate her, but for, don't touch sure. her. <laughs> yeah, we may hate Leary, but we're not here for, like, abuse that, of any yeah. sort. 
for sure. Also, that scene with the seer or whatever, that really reminded me of Game of Thrones as well, when there's that, like, witch lady with the Dothraki, and then there's all, like, the dark magic stuff, and I was like, what is she about to make happen? But then she didn't, so it was fine. Alas, alas. (laughs) That was kind of a letdown. (laughs) Sarah, do you want to take the next one? Yeah, so um, Claire, it looks like St. Germain wasn't the one who tried to kill you that time, but too bad her necklace changes and St. Germain goes down. Sorry about that, home slice. Too bad, so sad. This whole I mean, time, Claire, you thought it was him, but it was not. <laughs> I mean, he was still a dick, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, yep. completely. Even the Duke of Sandringham's like, yeah, he sucked. I'm glad that you killed him. <laughs> And then finally, the last thing to watch for in this is the title of the season finale, which is Dragonfly in Amber. And that is the title of the second book in the series. And it refers to um, the like little keepsake that they have that um, Mm -hmm. is found at Culloden, right? Yes. And um, Claire says this too in a direct line in the episode of Dragonfly Caught in Amber, which is like Claire, very much a person caught in one moment in time that she just wants to change that that's right. heading into season three though yeah i love that she symbolism. breaks the amber and escapes like a beautiful dragonfly butterfly moving Yay! past symbolism though how historically accurate and i love this segment of our show is outlander like colleen tell us about this bonnie prince charles who is he what Ooh. is his claim to the throne what yeah. is going on with this guy because he is effing it up and i certainly don't want him to be king of anything no he certainly wants to be but no No. i mean just all over europe the monarchy system was all kinds of messed up because they're all interbred with each other and it's just crazy how the kind of line of succession goes so charles stewart is the son of james stewart he can trace his lineage back to mary queen of scots hence the french connections there her son was King James I, who was King of England and the British Isles, because Elizabeth, the great ginger queen, who never married, had no children, so she had no heirs, and there were no other viable Tudor heirs. Mm-hmm. So we call upon the House of Stuart, who Mary's kid is like, I can be king. He's He was very young when he became king. He's like, oh, it's a little guy. So, however, the act of... Settlement of 1701, this is just not great, guys, stated that only Protestants could inherit the crown. Rude. So the Catholic-leaning Stuarts were booted from the line of succession. Queen Anne, who was a Protestant and a Stuart, was the last Stuart to reign before her death in 1714. And then they were like, oh no, there are no Stuarts left. What do we do? And James and freaking Charles over here like, what? <laughs> we're Stuarts, but they were Catholics. So they couldn't rule. Instead, they chose the House of Hanover, which is not a British house. They're just tangentially related somehow to the British line of succession. Mm -hmm. So they came over from Hanover, which is kind of like Prussia. Charles and his father spent the years attempting to regain their quote-unquote rightful place as the British monarchs against the Hanoverian kings George I and George II. Interestingly enough, George III is the Mad King George, who was king during the American Revolution. What's a little bit crazy in all of this, too, is that there had just been a Catholic monarch because Queen Mary, Bloody Mary, right. Queen Elizabeth's was sister, Catholic. who was queen just before Elizabeth, was very, very Catholic. Mm-hmm. 
from did the you ever, Spanish th throne. Did you ladies ever do that Bloody Mary thing in the mirror oh, yeah. back when you were younger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Scared the like, crap out of ourselves. I like, out of my bed to the downstairs bathroom. I was scared shitless. Yeah. And it all it all hails back to Queen Mary, which is wild. Well, she wild. killed a lot of Protestants. Yeah, yeah she was did. not a cool lady. And then no. Elizabeth killed Mary, Queen of Scots. So there's blood about the Her Protestant cousins. Catholic stuff all over the British monarchy. It's like hey. I love it. Everybody should go watch the Tudors. It's so good. Flo, do you want to take the next point? Sure. So the members of Jamie's section of the army at Prestonpans aren't the imagined idea of a Highlander army. They're mostly poor farmers and tenants loyal to Colin Mackenzie. And you can see some of them carrying farming equipment as weapons, which was like really sad. Honestly, it's like you're going against an actual army with like cannons and stuff. And like you're here with like your pitchfork. That was literally. Yeah, yeah literally. So they didn't own weapons, obviously. Uh, the fancy broadswords and guns were for richer men of the clan. However, there weren't a lot of shields, charges. There weren't a lot of them shown on the show, and these people would have had those. Got it. Even, like, the poor people? They would have made at least something because of the um, bayonet charge of the British soldiers. Yeah, that makes sense. Bayonets suck. Like, those were not good. Let's not have those anymore. This one's super duper sad. Um, as was kind of being anticipated, after the Battle of Culloden, the Duke of Cumberland and the British Army basically destroyed the clan system. Tartans were banished, as was the wearing of kilts, um, playing bagpipes, speaking Gaelic, and meeting for those classic Highland games. So, so sad. Much clan land was confiscated and the Highlands were ravaged thousands were forced to immigrate and there's still a sizable group of Scottish descendants in Canada. Oh, Canada. Mm -hmm. Lots of them in Canada. Wild. And we get to see a lot of Scottish descendants in season three when Brianna and Roger go to the Highland Games. Yeah. Where they can have the games. <laughs> That's right. The Bonnie Prince is not there to free Scotland, y'all. Mm. The nobility of the Scottish Highlanders probably knew this, but the men don't they were like oh yay we're going to be free yay or at least we're going to have a king who respects us right mm. prince charles's focus is on capturing the british crown in london doesn't really care too much about the highlanders which is why the Lent, the march on london was so important it's debatable whether the scottish troops could have captured london there's there's a chance that they could have they were only a couple days away but they'd been marching south and like engaging in military campaigning for months at this time. So they were exhausted. Their supplies were very low. The prospects of being surrounded on three sides, just like the two kind of generals that were arguing back and forth, the Irish general, O'Sullivan, and then the other guy, Murray, who were fighting like, but there's armies and we don't know where they are. So they were like, we're outnumbered. We need to retreat back to Scotland. And then Charles also hadn't received the support from the English Jacobites that he thought he would find in kind of Northern England in the lowlands area also. And the French did not show up. Sorry, we were busy. Yeah. The French were very busy. Well, what can I say? Hey, we, we helped the Americans, so you're welcome. We're doing- You're very grateful for that. Yeah, so we were just saving it up. Um, okay, so let's talk about Culloden really quickly. So one of the main reasons the Jacobite army was crushed at this battle was the terrain. And we saw this in the show. 
Um, the Highland Charge, basically a battlefield shock tactic, was disrupted by the boggy ground. It was just like straight up mud. It was Gross. nasty. The charge was also disorganized with many Highlanders not using their muskets. It's like, you have one. <laughs> Use it. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and the British forces had been allowed to set up artillery, which devastated the charging Scots, who, like, I mean, they had nothing. And they tried. They tried really hard. I actually got to go to Culloden with That's my mom so cool. when I lived in Scotland. And I was very excited to go there because I had Red Outlander, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to go see this battlefield. We got there, and it's one of those kind of dead places where you can feel this mm. very dark heavy scents like kind of fall over you my mom was really uncomfortable too you got to walk around the field we found the gravestone that is for clan fraser and it had a lot of flowers by it which was really cute but the terrain is horrible there are parts where you can't go because they've kept it how it was and it's just full of reeds and thistles and very pokey plants that are very thick like there's no way a horse can't even get through it let alone a dude Whoa. so it was really intense land intense ground it it felt really icky like it was very interesting i'm very glad we went we didn't get enough time there there was so much historical stuff to set up in their museum and stuff that i would have killed to spend hours there but just going out and walking in that field was insane it was like you could just feel the weight of all of the fear and terror kind of pressing in on you and just like the whole oh we are going to be defeated and now our entire culture is going to be ransacked because of this so it's very remind cool. me everyone to go there because it is very interesting remind me do we see the aftermath of Culloden in this season or in the next season it's the probably next the next season because that was very shocking and you really see the terrain in that when Jamie is like fighting for his life at Culloden mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that was very intense so i can i can only imagine that going someplace like that it's kind of like when you go to like gettysburg yeah um or just like other big military fields where it's just like wow a lot of people lost like a lot of families were lost here yes like, like entire clans were wiped yeah. out so that's very sad but i'm so glad you got to go that sounds really really cool it was it was really cool it just was like whoo that was a long bus ride back to our yeah. next stop we were all very drained like everybody came back and we were quiet like the entire bus wow which had been really loud and kind of boisterous at first when we got there we all got back and we were all just very quiet and the guide said it's all right this is normal <laughs> well post-covid bgs ladies trip to scotland traveling Let's go. <laughs> yeah we can go to inverness it's a much happier place okay let's do it <laughs> Perfect. And I think that's where we'll leave it today. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we continue exploring Outlander and other geeky goodies. Just as a heads up, we are taking a break for the holidays. Ladies, can you remind us when are we coming back with the next episode? It's not until January 17th, I think is our next so. one. That sounds about right. Yep. So stay tuned get relaxed, enjoy our other series exploring the Mandalorian in the meantime. And remember, you can enjoy us in our podcast and YouTube format. Either way, please subscribe and leave those five-star reviews. Check out our website at Bohemian Geek Studies where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature, and contact us through email and social media. 
Until next time, raise Jamie Frazier's saber up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everyone.